now entering Hello and welcome back to the Horror Sanctum Podcast. I'm Jay with John, Kellen, and TJ. Uh, and this week we're going to be discussing one of my favorite horror films of 2023 so far, uh, When Evil Lurks, which is directed by Damien Rugna. I hope I said that correctly. Forgive me if I did not. Um, before we get into it, obviously whenever we have a newer movie, technically any movie at all, there are spoilers involved in this uh, show. We can't help that. So if you haven't seen it and you intend on seeing it, skip us for now and come back later. If not, here we go. Um, so synopsis is the residents of a small rural town discover that a demon is about to be born among them. Uh, they're desperately trying to escape, but it might be too late. All right. Yeah. So when evil lurks, um, this was one that's kind of been talked about a lot lately. Seems like it's gone, gotten the rounds, gotten the hype, just like kind of like talk to me, kind of like a lot of these movies lately. It's really the hype train has grown so much with this film. Um, yeah, I coming out of it. My first reaction is uh, solid. Very, very good horror film. Very good horror film. Um, it's kind of hard to rate this one because I didn't really, this is not really a movie you enjoy or you find like enjoyment from. So I wouldn't say that the three key things I would say at first is one, did I enjoy it? No, I did not enjoy it. Two, would I watch it again? No, I would not watch it again. Three, was it a really good brutal horror film? Absolutely fucking great as far as that's concerned. Um, really well done. Um, I think <clears throat> the interesting thing about the movie is that watching it, I can tell already that it's going to be a film, like a lot of foreign films, it's going to be remade. Um, just like Let the Right One In, I can tell this is one that's going to get remade, right? Yeah, I give it two, three years, Warner Brothers, somebody's going to get the rights to it, they're going to remake it. Will it be better? Will it be the same? I don't know, but they're going to, they're going to try, um, this movie is very brutal, though, from the get-go. I mean, it just, it comes in hot. You're, you don't really know exactly what's happening. You know that there's evil and that there's this, like, in, there's basically this evil, rotten thing that exists and they're trying to get rid of it. And in the movie, at first, it's, a, it's in the form of this big, large man, Ariel. I think Ariel's his name. And he kind of looked like um, the fat vampire in Blade. If you remember the vampire and Blade, when Blade's like flashing the uh, ultraviolet rays on the vampire, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, really cool, really good effects. Like all the kills in this movie are brutal. They're really good. They're shocking. Holy shit. There's so many things that happen in this movie. It's like, it's like if you're easily offended, do not watch this movie. Um, every, every few minutes, there's something more offensive to the point to where at the end, you're almost desensitized because you've just been through all this and you're just like, fuck, what else can they do, right? I mean, everybody's going to die or someone's going to die. So, like, at the end of the movie, I was just kind of like, there's nothing else they can do that's going to shock me, you know? I mean, I feel like halfway through the movie, the shock kind of starts to go down a bit, right? That's the worst part, the first half. And then as it goes, you learn more about the story and then you just kind of are along for the ride. Um. As far as, you know, criticisms, 
I would say the only two criticisms of the film that I would give it are kind of nitpicky stuff. Like the driving scenes were very hokey to me. There was something about the way they filmed those. It felt cheap. Um, parts of the movie did feel a bit telenovela in ways. Like there was something about it that felt a little cheap, but I also realized that that's partly my own xenophobia and sort of, you know, the, the differences in American filmmaking versus filmmaking in other countries. Right. Um, but there were parts of it, even given the different filmmaking styles that I felt like seemed a little cheaper. It seemed like they put the money really hard into the effects and the kills and stuff, but there were certain um, ways they did the cinematography and the shots and the driving scenes where I just felt like, I don't know, it felt a little bit low rent and cheap on some of that, but you know, that's really not, the big part of the movie so that's nitpicky i can't really i can't really point that out like it was you know a big problem um and there's a lot of themes in this movie um i think the director was saying that initially they just want to make a movie that scared people and but there's social themes in this movie there's themes about poverty there's stuff in there that could probably relate to how the government doesn't care about some people and some people in smaller areas who are poor or kind of left to their own devices. There's a lot of social economic elements in there that you can sort of parallel with this film. Um, but it's, it's really solid. Um, I don't know what to really compare it to. It's kind of a similar shocking vibe to like high tension Switchblade Romance from 2005, or maybe Martyrs. Kind of a shocking type of film like that. Not the same type of film, though, because those are more slasher movies. But a lot of scary stuff in the movie. Actually, the scariest part to me in the whole movie was the autistic kid. Well, first off, when the autistic kid starts talking, and then at the very end, when he's choking and he like looks over at Pedro really quickly and looks back, that was terrifying because that was kind of like the director's way of saying like, he's possessed. He's faking right now. He knows what's happening. He's pretending to still be autistic. Right. That was really a very creepy scene. I thought in the movie, um, but yeah, overall, I really liked it. I'm curious to see what you guys thought. I, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but I think it's definitely a, definitely a winner for our film. Huh, interesting that you would uh, you would think that about this movie that I just watched for the first time. Um, and I have to agree, this may be one of the best possession movies I've ever seen. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! I, it, I disagree that the, with the watching it again because I absolutely want to watch it again. Um, but the main reason is you have to watch it in subtitles. The whole movie is in Spanish, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um film um it takes place in argentina so it makes sense I, the box office for this movie was just over half a million dollars which is atrocious for how well they did with the subject matter um possession movies for me tend to fall into the same kind of category it's one person and, and somebody's trying to stop them the only other movie i can think of in recent history that was different and that i absolutely loved was constantine um but this movie took the whole possession thing and went in a totally different direction. It wasn't that it was the one person possessed and evil was coming through them. It was evil was almost leeching from that one and infecting 
everybody that he came in contact with once once he quote unquote took possession of the rotten and tried to move it away from that house the evil followed him it wasn't still in that body i mean the the little girl scene with the dog was just horrifying <laughs> it was horrifying it happened it happened just so quick um and the little kid standing at the top of the stairs just watching it kind of in disbelief didn't really react at first until you see the dog whip the girl under the table and that's when the boy realizes something's going on um the 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 woman getting possessed and coming back after her kids um obviously it's not the woman anymore it's she's possessed because she's dead <laughs> um it it's it's one of those movies that is so unsettling that you're drawn to it if that makes sense it's it's there it's it's one thing to make a movie that's unsettling to the point to where you want to look away this movie did such a good job of being unsettling in a way that drew you in more like you 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 had to see what was about to happen next um in terrifier 2 there's the bedroom scene that everybody talks about i think in this one if it's not going to be the dog it'll be the axe scene which i have here that was such that was such an insane visual um her telling him not to shoot the goat and the goat brays or does whatever goats do sound wise the guy obviously spooked shoots it and then out of nowhere like i did not expect an axe to come flying (laughs) off camera and hit this guy in the face and you think that's it and then she gets down on her knees and does what she does and it's so so well well acted for something like that i mean just the slowing down you know as the life's leaving her to the point to where it's just kind of just tapping and she, she falls was over. very obviously pregnant, which just makes it that much worse. Yeah, it, it's 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 it, this movie does such a good job of showing you just like The Exorcist. The Exorcist did a good job of showing you how evil the possession was to that person. This takes it to like the the demon took Red Bull and a, a snort of cocaine before heading to this village because he was firing on all cylinders, um, even when it got to the school scene um when the the cleaner is trying to help the main guy you know get rid of the possessed then they find all the adults under the floorboards of the stage um and 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 that leads me to to the last point that I, i would make about the movie as far as just how brutal it was when he finds the body under there and this is the you know the quote-unquote climax like this is where you normally in the movie think okay this is where it's going to end it's going to clean the guy in this movie just made mistake after mistake and the ultimate mistake at the end took the movie in a completely different direction than any other film like this usually usually you know the quote-unquote protagonist hero wins or finds a way the exorcist you know the priest ends up you know saving reagan not here (laughs) He, he he falls again for for the tricks of evil goes into the other room to get the axe and then you hear the flack and then just seeing that kid hammer the the cleaner in the head as they're dra- the kids are dragging the body off and you see him broken just on his knees as evil is born into their world and the touches of the the touching of the head and 
you know, leaving the blood marks, you know, basically <laughs> saying, Hey, good job. You did exactly what I needed you to do. <laughs> and the guy just sitting there broken. It's just such a poetic scene in a movie where typically I don't like when evil wins. And I'm not saying I liked that evil won in this. I just think that that was such a nice twist for the movie that it was. It was at every turn. It was almost like evil was one step ahead. This guy made mistakes in his past, you know, with his kids, with his wife, um, and just continued down that path. Like there was no redemption for this person. It wasn't even like he was trying to redeem himself, even being um, in the beginning, being very resistant to even wanting to help, <laughs> um, which not supposed to be comical, but when they're trying to carry out the, uh, the rotten and the sheet rips and it just falls on the ground, I kind of chuckled at that. Um, but like John said, this is such a brutal movie. It's so brutal that I actually watched Five Nights at Freddy's to, right after to cleanse my palate because uh, I knew that that wasn't going to be nearly as dark and ominous and, and violent and gory as this film was. Um, so big twist from the last couple of movies that we've we've rated. I, I absolutely enjoyed every minute of this movie even with it being in subtitles, which I typically hate. Um, and like I said, that's probably why I'll end up watching it again, because um, there's so much that I miss when I'm reading what's going on at the bottom. And now that I understand the plot, understand what's going on, can watch and see some of the nuances of the scene. Um, like I, I missed the mother getting hit by the truck because I was reading and kind of looking at what else was going on. Um, but yeah, just for what it, for I'm imagining a shoestring budget. I imagine they didn't have a whole lot of money. <laughs> um, they did an incredible job. Fantastic film. Yeah, well, I, I'll just piggyback, piggyback in on what what everybody's saying so far. So, uh, this director I knew by reputation because of his film Aterados, uh, known as Terrified, and and the English translation. Has uh, anyone else seen that besides me and TJ? I haven't actually seen it. Oh, I just know it? it by reputation. It's been in my queue for the last couple of years. And it it's was great. one I was going to watch before this, but then we ended up doing this for the for the show. So I it's may adorable be that you'd ask if I'd seen it. I knew you hadn't. <laughs> it, I, I may be wrong to a degree here, but I think Terrified was scarier than this one. And just because it was more... Uh, jumpy like this is just more uncomfortable like it, it makes it's unsettling yeah this was scary was super creepy yeah that, that's, this was that's just shocking that's what i know it for when when people and all the the facebook groups and stuff are talking about top 10 scariest films that's one that always pops up which is why it's been in my queue for a while uh i meant to get around to watching it uh this spooky season and just didn't get around to it it was either that one or this one and i said i'll go with this one because it's more current we can do it for the show um but i will watch it probably before the end of the year just because especially now because i think this is probably the scariest best made and effective horror film of 2023 that i've seen so far at least um and I am not, uh, you know, all all transparency. I'm not a big fan of overall the possession type subgenre of films because I feel like there's the, almost everything is trying to rip off The Exorcist, which did it really the best of of any film. Really, uh, the thing that I do like about this 
is it's almost like a straight horror Spanish version of the evil dead. If evil dead was played straight horror with no slapstick, no humor, no tongue in cheek, uh, because it is more of that, that possession, evil, demonic evil that just is lurking all around. It lurks. Right. Uh, and infects people with the evil. And, and I like the, just the little hints of the mythology and the lore that they just kind of drop into the story without giving you a big exposition scene or, or a lot of expository dialogue trying to tell you about what the universe is. They just kind of Star Wars drop you into the universe and just be like, this is a thing that this is something that, that people know about. And we're just going to put you into the situation, let you figure it out from the the context clues that we give you, which I think is, is expert storytelling really. And uh, there's so, so many brutal kills. I mean, brutal things in this film, uh, but also so many great uh, story points too. Like, the ending. I don't know how many people noticed it. I've only seen it the once, and I'm sure there'll be more breadcrumbs I see if I watch this in, in future future times. But one of the, the main character's kids drew a picture about halfway that you see about halfway through. It's like, you know, a little kid picture with crayons and whatnot. And it's just of these little uh, kids in a row and one is red in the middle and they're just all holding hands like in a field. And then that's, that's foreshadowing the very ending, which is, it's just, I, I love little things like that where they call they call the shot and they say, see, we, we told you what was going to happen. And um, so many unsettling and brutal things. And I mean, I watched the, uh, me and Jay both watched this. Uh, it was earlier this year. It's the one, is it beaten to death? Is that what it was called? Yeah, and literally that's what it is. That's probably the most uncomfortable I've been watching a movie. Yeah. I mean, even even with this one, like that was just, you know, foot on your throat. It didn't let go the entire time. Even at the end, when you think you get some closure, it's gone. Like they rip it out from under you. Serbian yeah. film's the most uncomfortable film ever. Well, <laughs> yeah, I refuse to watch that film out of principle just from Lucky. what I know of it. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, other than like, and I'd seen that film just like a month or two ago, and that is probably the most brutal film I've ever seen. And did you see that one in theaters? I saw that in the theater. I was the only person in the theater. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, That's and man, I couldn't have watched it. It was, it was. I mean, it it calls it shot. Spoiler alerts on that film, but it's like it's a film about a guy getting beaten to death uh, over about 90 minutes and mm. and the end he's beaten to death so it's uh, like a, it's like casino the whole thing where joe pesci is beaten to death that's the whole movie like he's just beaten to death well he gets away like oh. he's he's blinded and and all that and then he gets away only mm. to get I, I captured stuff. again Ellen loves eye stuff oh yeah oh the eye stuffs actually one of the best because i don't know if we'll ever do that film that film's brutal but uh the best eye gag i've ever seen in a film other than a lucio fulci film is in that film because of somehow they had like some sort of material that was almost like you see the puncturing from a first person perspective into the eye until it actually gets Blech. blinded Blech. and it is like gag Blech. inducing wincing it's it's 
It's brutal. Anyway, but we're not here it. to talk about beating to death. Although I feel like that that shares some DNA with with when evil lurks. Yeah, 100%. I can't really I can't really improve upon what what everybody else has said about in terms of just the brutality of as, as soon as you see the pregnant lady and 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 you know it's it's the it's the cover art uh, on on the streaming and on the the poster for the theatrical run which was a very limited like 3 week limited towns theatrical run which is why it made so little money because uh, it was picked up as a shutter original and uh man it was just uh when you when you see that that she's pregnant you know something bad's gonna happen <laughs> when they reveal that and then you already see that she's probably the because it's a pregnant lady where she's holding the axe up at her her face on the cover art you know that's probably going to end poorly and then when you see that scene it's like all bets are off <laughs> like i'm not in the hands of a uh trustworthy uh storyteller here like any anything can happen but i still was not prepared for the little girl to get her face eaten by the dog that still shocked me that's one of the more shocking things i've seen in a horror film because it was just even though i was like anything can happen i still didn't expect that to be that brutal um and that's almost more brutal that she comes back and you know that she's possessed she's because nobody could have survived having their face eaten by the dog. Um, but then like moments later, you get shocked by the, the mom getting totally creamed by the, the truck, you know, once this thing gets going like that first half, I don't know if there's, there's been a more brutal first 40, 45 minutes of the film than, than this film in terms of the shock value. And, and I, I agree with, I think, what John said. It it kind of tapers down because they, they shock you all the ways they can shock you in the first half. And then they start to make more sense of what what exactly is happening with the narrative and the plot on the back end. Still some brutal scenes, but they don't, they don't let the narrative get in the way of getting you um, invested in these characters. I, I think, I think the most chilling thing and somebody said earlier was when the autistic child uh, just starts talking to the grandma in perfect, <laughs> perfect English because it was nonverbal before. And, and that's just, it's so creepy. Uh, other than a few of the brutal things that just make you, you wince this, this is, there's not a lot of jump scares really. Uh, there's a few things that take you off guard, but it's really just more of unsettling film. So because of that, the rewatchability is that and the subtitles for us not being fluent in Spanish, obviously none of us, at least um, that probably hurts the replayability for it. But I do, I do agree with John. It, oh, I see this film getting remade in the next five to 10 years for sure. Uh, especially if, if it does well on shutter, which it seems to be doing gangbusters on streaming. So and it, as rightfully it should, it's got seven point one on IMDb right now. His first film, Terrified, has got a six point five. So I don't know where that'll land if it'll stay higher over over the years or not. But uh, it's definitely got me excited to go back and see Terrified now, even more than I was already hyped. I will definitely see that soon, and I'll probably watch because of because of this. I'll probably watch anything this guy 
makes to give it at least a a once once off shot. Um, but yeah, just a very well crafted, probably on a low shoestring budget. I mean, it's mostly just people driving and out liking remote locations and houses and stuff and like an abandoned schoolhouse at the end and you know that that's super cheap to make other than a few special effects makeup shots and and what they did with that lady's face was was really well done uh, and brutal and the fact that she she manages to muster enough strength to hit herself in the face with an axe like four times like you'd think one would do it but no she just like you see the effects of it like she's cutting up a pumpkin but man, uh, what do you think about it, Jay? Well, you guys already know how I feel about it, but this episode is definitely brought to you by the letter B, as in brutal, because we've all said brutal, and that's because this movie truly is brutal. Uh, I hope they don't remake it. Um, there's some things out there we should just leave alone, and I think this is one of them. We may not realize it yet, but we should. Train to Busan was probably another one that they're remaking anyways, but super brutal movie, and it does taper off because the the dog scene after that scene, it's all downhill from there. Like you, that, that gave us something probably we've never seen before. We weren't necessarily expecting. Um, I know what I was expecting. If you can see behind me, it's one of the promo photos is the little girl and the dog. So you guys know me well enough and I'll be judged for this, but Movies where I know a dog is going to get hurt or killed, I, I, I stay away from it. That ruins me. It's just my mind and how I am. So seeing that promo photo that I have behind me, that told me, okay, I know what this movie is generally about. I know that there's a dog involved. It's probably not going to end well for the dog. So this movie has been available through certain channels that John, uh, Kellen, and I use but I've put it off because of that very reason, because that dog in my mind, something bad is going to happen. Now, something bad did happen, but not to the dog. It was rough. One of the roughest kills I've ever seen in a movie. And just because like the little girl turns into a toy in like no time, like just getting slung around, flung around, very hard to watch. I was still relieved that the dog didn't die. Sorry. I, didn't I they shoot the dog? Did they shoot the dog? I don't know if they did or not, but yeah, I didn't see. The guy see... shoots it twice. I don't know if he kills it, though. He shoots uh, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the dog was possessed, too, so who knows what kills yeah. it. Right. But what I expected didn't happen, and I was okay with that. Um, the axe scene, which we've all touched on, is probably my favorite kill until the dog one. Uh, that was wild. And you just... It's just one of those unsettling movies, and that whole scene where he's looking at the goat it's just so it makes you feel so funny inside you know you get that pit in your stomach and you're like what is about to happen um we've mentioned the rotten um if you're not familiar with that the rotten um it's a being that's unborn that's trying to be physically birthed into the world uh which is what this creature is this demon is um and the guys bless their hearts they try their best but they just can't save the town save themselves possibly the world um but we talked about talk to me uh, and I'm not sure when this episode is going to release, but we we're recording this the week that talk to me came out. It was three to one. We didn't like it. Um, my biggest reasoning for that was the hype that I received from that movie. Like you've got this movie's amazing. You got to see it. That ruined it for me in a sense. 
this is another movie that was hyped like crazy. Like everybody's like, oh my God, like it's so brutal. Like all these other filmmakers and actors and actors are like, this is such a great movie. I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's a little overhyped. It's, it's subtitled. There's possibly a dog death. So again, drug my feet. And then it was all the hype was real. Like to me, this hundred percent met the hype. If nothing else, it needed to be hyped up more. I've talked to you guys about the covenant and uh, sister, which I watched this weekend, both movies. I can't hype those enough. John, you watched the covenant today. You loved it. There's just some movies that are hyped up and they should be. And to me, this is one of them. Uh, I enjoyed terrified. I watched that probably last year for the first time. And it is generally creepy, uh, creepier than this. Um, so I was excited when I saw that Runga was the guy who directed this too, um, because I know what he can do already. I know how he made me feel and terrified. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, I think it's still on shutter. I think it was a shutter original. Uh, so definitely go watch that one too. But this is my favorite horror movie of the year. Um, right now, I don't even think it's close. Uh, I have to go back and look at some others, but I haven't seen a movie this year after I watched it, and I just wanted to tell everybody about it uh, or show them specific scenes from it. Like, I haven't had that this year, I don't think. Um, so I was, I was blown away by it. Uh, I watched it on my iPad, so I would like to watch it again uh, in the dark on a television and actually focus uh most you, you know i wear hearing aids so i'm not that great at hearing anyway so i'm always reading subtitles but it does 100 percent take away from what you're watching because i'm looking down and i'm not seeing what's necessarily going up top so i would like to watch it again and not pay attention to the dialogue just watch it for what it is because there's a lot of good um creepy visuals in it um and just the atmosphere the whole atmosphere is dread it's all dread from start to finish like it's just so thick in the air that you can't move. Um, so, you know, it really made an impact on me. You felt it popping off the screen. You, you cringed. Kellen laughed because he's a sociopath. And then, <laughs> you know, like it gave you all these feelings that the movie should give you. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So we'll go around to our favorite kills and our rankings. Um, favorite kills, I think probably be one or the other, but like I said, I think the ax scene was number one until the dog scene. I think that was going to be uh, my same favorite kill when a kid got their face ripped off. It's not necessarily the right terminology, but it is what it is. So my favorite kill will be the dog scene. As far as rankings, I gave it a five. Like um, you talked about rewatchability and I totally understand that. Um, subtitles are hard for some people. It's, it's, it's a turnoff. I completely get that. But I say, watch it once, read, watch it twice and watch uh and it makes it makes a huge difference so uh, i would watch this again over and over again when we decided uh to do this when i'm like yes like that gives me a reason to watch it again even though i watched it like what, five days ago um i was already ready to watch it again because i just enjoyed it so much so uh five stars for me john yeah i agree about the height i i kind of went into this thinking it was gonna be overhyped because that's kind of what's happened now with a lot of films in the past five years but it really did deliver. It's the, it's definitely, it, it's, I didn't personally love it and rewatch it. As far as rewatchability, buying it, liking it, probably not, but it's a great film. It's, it is probably the best horror film of 2023. My favorite is probably still Sick, the slasher film that came out in January. I just, I'm a sucker for slashers and all that. So that's just kind of like, not the best. It's, this is better than that movie, but I just, I really like that movie. Um, yeah, I, I think as far as um, favorite kill, 
Probably the axe to the face. Although the one thing that really got me too was when the brother goes to look for the kid that gets stolen out of the house by the possessed mom and the mom's pulling the brains out and eating it. I was like, oh, that's brutal. So um, I would say overall rating a solid four out of five for sure. I would take a point off just for little minor nitpicky things, but four out of five. For sure. I liked uh, I liked sick too, but it just felt I don't know I, they didn't build any new bridges or anything you know like it was just that yeah. same cliche slasher from Kevin Williams and it felt like a screen movie to me like just a more central location screen flick uh, but yeah that was good for sure all right uh, Kellen yeah um, that that act scene is just so iconic to me um, it's hard to pick one other than that. Um, but I will say, because it was such a shocking scene for me, it's the cleaner getting killed by the kids because it happens so quick. It's, I mean, it's just, that's probably, aside from the dog scene, that's probably the most shocking thing in the movie to me is she's getting everything set up. Those kids are 20 feet away staring at her. The guy goes into the other room, can't find the axe. He turns around, hears the thwack, and then looks out, and it shows her look over at him as they're dragging her and that girl just keeps hitting her in the head that was just that that's that that's one of those ones that'll stay with you just like that oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that one was very rough very rough. yeah yeah just because i mean even in the act scene it's pulled back so you're not really seeing much after the first strike when it shows her from the front it kind of shows from the side and then it's just the thought of that is brutal but yeah just watching her look at him after she told him they're tricking you. They're lying. Those kids, those are not kids anymore. Look what they did to these adults that are under the floorboard. Why are you going into the other room to get an ax? Just stay here and help me solve that, fix this. And then bam, <laughs> gone. The only hope for salvation gone. Um, ratings. I'm going to, I'm going to go with John. Um, I'm usually tight with my ratings just because, you know, in the five scale, it's hard to, it's hard to put certain movies real high when there's other movies that you you put in a five a four is not that far off from a five on a five scale um so as far as that goes this one I, I'm, I'm giving a solid four um like i said i definitely want to watch it again now that i can kind of more or less watch the movie and not read the movie um just to see some more of the visuals um but yeah solid four tj yeah i think we're getting some some similar themes here uh i think the mo most iconic kill it that that aesthetically will will linger in in the mind is is the axe to the face for sure i mean they made it the poster for a reason but i think my favorite because it shocked me so much was the the dog killing the kid uh because you know kids anything with kids and animals are usually no-nos and and normal safe horror films like mainstream and this lets you know <laughs> that's not the kind of film this is uh which i love i uh i uh think i'm gonna have to go with 4.5 on on this one uh i don't give out a lot of fives i think i've only given fives to one or two films and john carpenter's halloween being the god tier as we say uh, this I will definitely revisit, but because of the brutality of it and the subtitles, I probably won't revisit it as much as some others, but that's not because it's not great. It is great. It's so great. It makes me not want to watch it 
like multiple times a year. <laughs> so that's where I stand. So that averaged us up to about a four, um, which is fair. Um, I don't, is it weird to say this is, this falls in line with my comfort films like Terrifier 2 and House of a Thousand Corpses? Like, I think it, I think it will. I think it does. I don't know what that says about me, but, uh, anyways. Uh, all right. So, uh, 4.375. So that's a four for when evil lurks. Uh, I highly, I, I think we all highly recommend watching this movie. It will not be for everyone. I think the tomato score is 99. Uh, and 52 like it's it's fresh among critics it's rotten among uh the common folk like us but that's because subtitles probably part of it and the brutality like if you don't know what you're going into i mean you're fucked like it, it's not gonna it's not gonna let up from your throat but i highly recommend it i highly recommend terrified as well um all right so that's gonna do it for this episode be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and to wherever you're listening to this podcast uh follow us on instagram and if you have amazon music we have a playlist over there featuring music and artists from previous episodes um, i'm not sure what we're going to be doing next week but come on back i'm sure it'll be fun uh honestly i kind of want another one like lie to me or lie to me talk to me where three of us are just like no fuck that film and then one of us like you know it's okay like that was fun like i don't think we've really had one like that so far so that was fun to do that so all right so signing off i'm jay with john kellen and tj and until next time, keep it spooky. And also lock up your axes. <laughs> and and someone get me Bose Vincent's phone number. How did so how does the cleaning how do you guys think the cleaning machine worked? Because it was very complex. Was it like supposed to drain out? It looked like looking, an old like astrology type. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if that was like yeah. a protection thing because she had that like knife thing that she said had to be stabbed into the nape of their neck. So I'm wondering if that maybe this is like a rudimentary Ghostbusters um, ghost trap kind of thing. Like, stab it in the neck, it releases the spirit, and that thing pulls it in. We never got to find out because those kids, uh, those kids weren't having it. (laughs) It's the the three seashells all over again from Demolition Man. Yeah. Somebody needs to ask Rob Snyder how to use the three seashells. It looks like some device from like Christian scientists from turn of the century or like Maria Blavatsky or some of that weird spiritualism type stuff it was it, it's 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 hard and we i've talked about this before it's hard to make a movie nowadays that that brings something new to the table because it feels like at this point especially in horror everything's been done but this movie brought so many new things i mean just the brutality like i said the, the usually the possessed person is this the the you know main centerpiece of a possession film it's ro- rotates around that person and while technically it did in this one the possession happened everywhere but <laughs> with the yeah. rot until until it got to the end this was almost like evil dead meets invasion of the body snatchers yeah or or that. evil dead meets the omen as far as you know damien yeah, being born that too, yeah. being born, like, that too. or the brood yeah i loved when the thing just kind of <laughs> pops creepy. up out of the stage like his head <laughs> he just <laughs> Damn, it's I, 
I, I had just watched this movie, but I kind of forgot about that hammer part, and that was that was rough. That was brutal because the little girl yeah. was just looking at her, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, she well, and she yeah, she looks at the guy, and then she goes back and starts hitting her in the head again. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> like, watch uh, if you can handle another subtitle movie. Watch Terrified. I think it's a lot scarier. I still need to watch Parasite. Speaking of Parasite, is amazing. Movies. That's God tier for me. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, uh, you're welcome. Uh, I feel like I uh, I jump started you guys to watch this movie a little bit quicker than you were planning, but you're welcome. I, I, I there was no hype for me because I hadn't even heard of it until you like, was mentioned this? for this. I was I was definitely gonna watch it before Halloween just because of all all that I heard about it. So I'm glad we were able to do this one so quickly. Going, so thanks, Bo. Thanks, Bo. Did you like uh, Five Night at Freddy's, Kellen? you know i did i did like it was, it was that was it was super predictable like i mean i i knew the policewoman was was the uh, oh don't don't, don't spoil it i ain't oh, watched oh, it oh, <laughs> well i've I been knew, holding off on it i knew the policewoman had a gun and a badge because she's a policewoman right. <laughs> yeah um I, I i without giving anything away i liked it i think the oh, acting damn. in it was good um i think the the guy that played uh, Peta from um, Hunger Games, whatever his name is, he's, he's oh yeah, Josh. He's Hutcherson. a good actor. He 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 needs more roles and stuff. Yeah, he's kind of disappeared since then. Jay, he doesn't make you want to punch him. <laughs> looking at him though, Just... he's okay. I mean, I don't no, mind no. him too bad. I he's all right. He, he's a better actor than the roles he gets. Yeah, that's um, probably true. And his, his I, I liked that in the story arc of him, it was different. Again, yeah. I, I I like when there's originality and. His whole story arc was very unique. Um, so that was set in this year, kind of movies. That was set movie. in the year two thousand. So the movie, so the game is set in the nineties, and this movie they close it in the eighties. But it's two thousand apparently because I was kind of sitting. I was like, this doesn't look like the nineties. But the DVD player on the TV was the giveaway yeah. apparently. But yeah. I don't know why they did the '80s. I guess they just thought it'd be creepier to. We uh, we should do an episode on this. Why it's hot too? Because that'll get us some. It, some and it was nice to see Matthew Lillard again. Yeah. He's yeah. an oft forgot actor. Um, he I did would, a video somebody, thanking everybody for all from watching it. Like he seemed like very humble that he. Uh, I would love to. I would love to meet him at a con. He, any video you see where he does convent when he does a convention, he seems like just like the most genuine. He, he reminds me of. Uh, the guy that plays Daryl Dixon. Um, I can never remember his name. Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Um, yeah. Norman Reedus, if you've ever been to a con where he was at, he looks like he's having the most fun yeah. <laughs> with mm-hmm. with random people. Super and that's nice what Matthew guy. Lillard looks like, too. He looks like he just enjoys being Also, low-key, a super good actor. Has anybody ever seen SLC Punk? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Great yeah. film. All right. I'm going to go eat dinner. Um, we should look at Five Night Freddy's. TJ, yeah. you're the only one who hasn't seen it. I, I'm going to watch it soon, so... That'd be a I mean, we got we got time. Like, we could even push this one back to the new year and do this in December, but we'll figure it out. That'd I just think that fun. that'll get us a little extra eyes right now. Yeah, you don't want to do this one as a Christmas episode. I <laughs> well, mean, Five Nights at Freddy's made like 140 million at the the box office. Surprise. Yeah, wow. we'll and that's to, probably uh, a lot of parents taking their kids, not realizing it's how yeah. violent it's going to be. Yeah. We'll have to talk it about has, the Christmas. It has a great visual in it that I really loved. Um, I won't talk about it, but um the shadow was was a beautiful visual to me it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard to to dethrone uh the nick cage version of that movie for me because i really like that movie 
Wow. Hey, the best part of that movie was Nick Cage getting drunk on whatever soda that was while playing pinball. Playing pinball. While people are yeah. fighting, the, <laughs> fighting the machine. Oh, this is getting a sequel. 20 million budget, 219 yeah. gross. Oh, yeah. Already? Yeah, it made like 140. The first I'm pretty week. sure they greenlit the sequel the day after it came out. Well, you can have as many Nights and Freddy's as you want, right? They're like possessed. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the last Mission Impossible is doing good to break even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I'm hoping, so one of Mondays is the Christmas day, so we won't do an episode that week. So we'll do Christmas the week before. We can talk about I'm hoping to get Greg Sestro on. Um, we'll see have, if not. Have you heard start. anything from him anytime lately? No. He's he he's, my message, he's so. giving you the bow treatment. <laughs> yeah. He's like that. I don't think he gets on social media very often, but um if not we'll we'll do like we did last year where we just each come up with like two movies and spin a wheel and whichever one it is. Um but we'll get there if we need to. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. We definitely need a Christmas episode. Mhm. I'm going to nominate Jack Frost, so I'm, I'm here with Michael Keaton. Great film. <laughs> I'm, uh, Jack I'm Frost out. will be a fun one. I'll Seen Jack Frost too. One. See you, Jay. Bye. Bye. See y'all.